0: You know, yo, miss, I just love our listeners.
1: I do too, Mr. E. And not just because they improve our download numbers.
0: And because we love our listeners so much, we want them to stay healthy and their families and colleagues too.
1: That is why we want to come out and say, get vaccinated against COVID-19.
0: When more people are vaccinated against COVID, it improves our chances of getting back to our regularly scheduled lives.
1: To find out where you can get vaccinated anywhere in the U.S., go to vaccines.gov or call 800-232-0233.
0: Let's do this for ourselves, our families, and our communities. So, stay safe.
1: And remember to get vaccinated
2: well this beyond the test is not a show about being a better teacher we can't help you there we can however give teachers a voice to tell their stories and to speak their minds so sit down get comfy and let us distract you from that stack of papers or your flooded inbox with stories from teachers just like you don't worry
1: there won't be a quiz at the end Welcome to Will This Be On The
0: Teacher? Nope. Episodes canceled.
1: Oh, God. I've never done that. Wow. Fucked up. Okay. Welcome to Will This Be On The Test Teacher Pod. Two teachers explore the realities of education. Today, we will talk to a guest who is going to tell us a story that demonstrates just about everything everybody talks about on this podcast craziness. And I'm your host, Yomis.
0: And I'm your co-host, Mr. E. Uh, how were you doing?
1: I am doing quite well. My son was actually in town from Colorado for a bachelor party, so we got to see him for about an hour, but it was an hour that I loved having my my firstborn here. Interesting thing, I um, got a text from a friend and former colleague Last week, she sent it to me and to another of our retired friends and said, hey, are you going to the retirement dinner that they're having? And I'm like, what retirement dinner? Because every year there's a dinner to celebrate the retirees and they haven't had it for a couple of years because of COVID. So I was like, what retirement dinner? And my other retired friend also was like, I haven't gotten anything. So our friend sent us a screenshot of the invitation. And in fact... I am being honored as are all the retirees actually at the end of October on my birthday, no less. So big, wow. big occasion, but they haven't invited me yet. I haven't gotten an invitation to my own fucking retirement dinner. <laughs> and I don't know if I get to go for free. I, I would assume I get to bring you know mister with me, but I, I don't know. And I, I thought, well, maybe they'll send it to me in the mail. Like maybe it'll be, something more formal. Um, Not yet. So if anybody from my past district is listening, who's involved in this dinner, uh, shoot me an invite, would you? So that's what's (laughs) going on here. Just the typical bullshit.
0: You know, maybe it's a uh, like singing telegraph sort of (laughs) Invitation that you're gonna have a a, a a barbershop quartet just show Maybe. up at your door. And... Maybe
1: it's gonna be like one of those gender reveals. <laughs> They're gonna like come and like, you know, blow something up and it's gonna be like you retired, here's so the winner.
0: That that's a good that's a good point. What okay, so you know, we got the, the blue and and the pink for the gender reveal. What would be the retirement color? Like what Well
1: would... for them, because it was such a loss for them to lose me, it would be black, but for me it would be <laughs> completely multicolored. It was just every color of the fucking rainbow. So, that's,
0: I like that's that. That's go,
1: what's going on there. How are you, Mr. E?
0: I'm good. I told myself today I wasn't going to do any work. Okay. I was going to sit on my butt and watch football all day. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And yeah, it was me great. too.
1: Yeah. I, I, my pick sucked, but other than that, but it was
0: fun <laughs> to watch.
1: It was fun. Good for you. You know what? Yeah. You got. You got to take the breaks where you can. I mean, you ha- you have to.
0: Absolutely, that work's going to be there tomorrow. So.
1: It it will indeed. Absolutely, it will be there tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Okay. <laughs> well, we do have a current event this week. Um, one that I think a lot of our listeners have probably heard about or even experienced firsthand up close. And I bring this from the New York Times and it is an article about devious licks and the TikTok challenge. And for those of you who aren't aware, somebody put a challenge on TikTok for students to go and steal things from their schools, but not just like a paperclip or a stapler, like Kids are ripping out like paper towel holders and taking fire extinguishers. Apparently, somebody took a teacher's desk. So they're taking these things and putting the putting it on TikTok.
0: How does that even work? By I the way? don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I was thinking about that too. And the quote here that I have from the New York Times is in the last month or so, TikTok has hosted close to ninety four thousand two hundred. Similar videos under hashtag devious licks or hashtag diabolical licks, according to the website Know Your Meme. So clearly, this is sweeping the nation. Now, are you seeing this in in your district, in your school?
0: Yeah, the last couple weeks have been really interesting. It seems like a revolving door of kids being called out of our classroom and being ushered into the office where they're questioned. I, I I caught a piece of one conversation between a kid and the assistant principal and, and I didn't hear the whole thing, but I, I heard the words, why would you post this on social media? <laughs> what a dumb
1: question.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we, we've had some issues with uh, soap dispensers. I think we have one bathroom left with, with a soap dispenser. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. No, I should clarify that. One boy's bathroom left with Uh, a soap dispenser. The girls' uh bathrooms are fine, of Uh, course.
1: Shocking. Shocking.
0: (laughs) You know, and and it's just, I think some random things have gone missing. But another thing we're seeing is kids spraying or dumping red dye or food coloring in the bathrooms. Oh. Yeah. Ah. So like huge, what? huge messes of red dye.
1: These kids, what what is happening here?
0: Well, and the dumb thing is is these kids are literally being caught red handed.
1: I know going <laughs> on social so media stupid. and like here I am, look at me, I took the fire extinguisher. Like, of course they're gonna get caught. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. get how they don't understand that. I mean
0: Yeah, so we we, we had a couple of things that we're we're trying now. You know, obviously we, we we have to make students sign out when they're going from class to the the restroom and they sign out and they sign in. That's kind of standard, something that we've been doing for a long time anyway. Right. Yeah. But they are no longer allowed to go to the restroom during passing periods.
1: Actually, one more thing that they mentioned in the article that uh, were you aware of the fact that there used to be a trend to steal the heads off of LeBron James action figures? Because it's mentioned in the article, like, well, the, the kids have done this and that. And it was like Le- Le- LeBron J- James heads. And I'm like, what?
0: I, I was not aware of that one. I, think I was that not
1: one- either. So <laughs> apparently, that's a trend that we missed out
0: on. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I did catch a TikTok video of a principal on the PA, and it's just some random school. Uh, I don't even remember where it was from, but this principal is just absolutely losing his shit like (laughs) screaming on the pa that like you forced our hand we had to remove the doors off the stalls in the bathroom oh my
1: god
0: yeah like just wait
1: that's like a lawsuit waiting to (laughs) happen i mean you know like weigh it out like am i gonna make these kids use the use the bathroom's without any privacy? Or am I going to replace the soap dispenser? Like I would opt for replacing the soap dispenser if it were up to me.
0: Personally. Yeah. Well, and and it's like, okay, so I don't know. What do you do? Do you do you, like start taking funding from the football team to replace the soap dispensers? I bet that would make it stop pretty quick.
1: Yeah. That's, that's true. That's, you know, that like is that. true. Where I taught, oh my God, it would stop immediately because the parents would be out hunting these kids so, because God forbid they took anything from the football team. Oh yeah. No, not happening.
0: Oh. And in the South, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. Admin
0: would get eaten alive.
1: Yeah. True. True. Okay. Well that is our current event for today. So it was not depressing. It was ridiculous, which I'll take at this point. I really know. Yeah. Okay.
0: Surreal is is better than just depressing. Yeah. That's
1: true. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little needle point of that and put that over my desk. <laughs>
0: let's 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 shoot for surreal.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's we're gonna start making merchandise. You know, like mugs and t shirts. It's gonna just say let's shoot for surreal. I love it. Marketing <laughs> campaign here we come. Okay. Well, today we are very fortunate to have a guest with us. Our guest's name is Mrs. D and Mrs. D comes to us because in my searching for guests and stories and us going out on Twitter and here, hither and yon, Mrs. D shared a story of one of her days and it just exemplified everything that is insane and has a lot of aspects to it that we could talk about but i was just like please come on and, and share your crazy day story and and we'll talk about it because it was crazy so mrs d welcome to the pod thank you so much
0: welcome there's
2: thank you there's a little bit of like me being a little bit starstruck because i love this uh ever since you miss it was you like put out onto reddit like hey should i do something like this like yes. and, like a bunch of people were like yes please you know and then i've just followed since so one, one story in particular, like, is just kind of helps me feel better about things I've been through. But, like, I think it was in Nevada where a teacher taught on, like, an um, Indian reservation or close yes. to one. Like, that yeah. whole, like, everything <clears throat> that he said, everything. I was like, okay, perspective. That's helpful.
0: You know, <laughs> and, and I've, I've, I've heard from quite a few people that that, that, is, that is, like, their, their favorite episode. And, and it, it sticks with me to this day. I mean, I...
1: It was a good some, one.
0: Some of those stories just, man...
1: Yeah, it was a good one. But we've had—I mean, we've had a lot of a lot of interesting stories and crazy stories. But I'm glad—I'm glad that it has helped you, yay! And and just the fact that you said you're starstruck, I'm like woo! Yeah. (laughs) So, so, Mrs. G, tell us just in general, what part of the world are you from or at right now? Where are you teaching? How long? Like the the basics.
2: So I teach in the south, and I'm grew up in like large cities, like southern cities. And uh, I now teach in a very small town. It's a it's a sweet town. And just thinking of how quickly and easily we were, at least so far, able to deal with the stolen soap dispenser issue. I think that kind of illustrates why I teach in the district I teach in. Mm-hmm. Like my principal got on, he was like, hey, we've got school resource officer, So it's a police officer that is pretty much always on campus, either at the middle or high school. And he was like, we're gonna be turning it over to them. We've got the camera footage. We're just gonna let them deal with it. We've got about an hour. Anybody who knows anything, wants to come down and say something, now's your chance. Cause we're gonna see who was in there, not just who did it. And like, in the next hour he gets on, he's like, okay, we've got the information we need. We know exactly who has done it each and every time you've got an hour to come down and let us know. Otherwise we're turning it over the police." And like, that worked.
1: Wow, Yeah. that's nice.
2: I was impressed with the kids because in a lot of districts they would double down and like, you know, for, for all kinds of reasons why they would, but it, it was pretty effective. With that
1: them. That is pretty amazing. Cause I did have one experience while, when I was teaching fifth grade of a kid bringing in a, um, it turned out to be a BB gun, but he was brought it into school and it was a day I was actually out. Um, so the sub who was a very good sub, she dealt with it, but he was pointing at kid's heads. He was whipping it out in Spanish class. Not one kid said anything to a teacher, to their parents until finally this sub happened to see and, you know, took care of the whole thing. And, you know, the kid was subsequently suspended and whatever. But my point is those kids just hushed up, didn't say a word. So the fact that, you know, these kids came forward is, is pretty cool because they put, you know, the, the greater good ahead of, you know, Oh, I'm going to protect my friends. So that's, that's nice.
0: Yeah. That's, that's kind of been my experience as well. You, you usually have to divide and conquer and then pit them against each other and then, <laughs> and then they start ratting each other out, but not initially that's for sure.
2: Yeah. I've taught in, you know, more urban districts and that's, that's more, or really not even urban necessarily, but uh just different than a tiny, small town. And it was, that would never would have worked. That would have blown up in our faces. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Now what, uh, what grade do you teach? Um, I teach sixth grade. I teach science. <clears throat> okay. Okay, cool. All right. So why don't we start out? Actually, let's preface this with this was this crazy day was when?
2: Um. So this was uh, several years ago. So it was pre pandemic.
1: All right. Why don't we start out with why don't you tell us the story of the crazy day and then we'll we'll go from there.
2: So I was uh, trying to set up a science lab and like, you know, with the nibbits of time we get, I usually have like, and you know, planned. I've got to do this in this 10 minutes. And if somebody comes to talks to me, I'm like, great, cool, get away from me. You know, I've got all these things I have to do, Mm -hmm. which really isn't great for being in the South in a small town, because everybody likes to chat, but I'm always like, what are you doing? But um, <laughs> so I was setting up my science lab and like early in the morning before school, like if you're a teacher, you know that's sacred time. Yes. Usually people don't try to come and be chatty like in the morning before school. Like that's set up time. If you're there early, it's because you've got something to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was setting up my science lab, and the husband of one of our teachers is marching in his daughter, who I have that year, and is forcing her to apologize over something that I didn't really even think. Of the things this child had done this was not even something i'd even been on my radar Mm. as being that big of an issue and aside the fact from forced apologies and i don't know the research of that is it's not really
1: helpful but um it was super awkward it's ridiculous it's you know yeah you're apologizing to just or the child is apologizing just to get their parents off their back it's not that they see that they did anything wrong or anything yeah And she was like
2: sobbing during it. So it was like super traumatic. And I was like, I did not even know what to say. You know, I was like, it's okay, babe. Like, no worries. Like, you know, it was, (laughs) so then I was able to get back on track. You know, they leave, he's having her go to every single one of her teachers down the hall. And I was like, oh my gosh. And Mm. then he comes, he circles back around after that. She's gone on to class and (laughs) he said, he decides to stand in my doorway and just start telling me how everybody that he works with and has spoken to recently, he's telling us, you know, about how everybody thinks we're lazy anyway. And that, you know, we get summers off and, you know, all that typical stuff. And I'm like, (sighs) okay. And he's like, but I don't think that always stick up for you all, you know? And I'm like, okay, but thanks for dumping all this like horrible negativity on me. And he just, you know, and so, and I didn't get time to set up my science lab. So my kids start coming in and he finally leaves.
0: And I love, I love it when people do that. Like they want a fucking cookie for defending us. Like, like, okay, like, great. <laughs>
1: thank, thank you so much for showing us that you aren't as big an asshole as everyone else, but yeah. okay, can you leave now? I'm busy. Like I'm busy <laughs> doing the things nobody thinks I do. Right, exactly. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> very well said. <laughs> so I go on and I, you know, like,
2: luckily I had, you know, my plan for what I was going to do the next day and it's something I've done many times. So I was able to jump to that and pl- do the lab the next day, but.
1: But, but it throws you off. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, you're like, I really wanted to do that, you know.
2: And it's the order, you know, and I try to like, like my kids knew we were supposed to do a lab and they're super excited about that. And then it's like, oh, no, we've got to do it tomorrow. And it's uh, that stuff just really bothers me. I hate breaking any promises, you know, like if I say mm-hmm. words, then I try to stick with it. But <clears throat> oh, well, before, you know, as class was starting, I had to supervise the crazy hallway, which is, you know, thick with kids that are we had a particularly challenging group that year. And one of my coworkers, as always, is not there like it's well past the time she's supposed to be there. So I'm trying to like jump between my class and her class, just trying to keep the kids from making each other bloody, you know, because like (laughs) this group was like that. And there's no administrators around to help out, even though they're always like, oh, we're always in that hallway. you know. Uh,
1: don't you love that? We used to <laughs> complain about that all the time. We'd be like, can you please come down here? Like they, they're killing each other here. And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm in the other hallway. No, you're not. You're in your fucking office. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: <laughs> so then, you know, then I'm coming back and I thought I had this thought, OK, maybe during the homeroom period, when we do like little, you know, announcements and all those little things I could. Do the last little bits I need to at least get the lab started, but then a student comes up to me sobbing with this awful family issue. We have a school psychologist and a counselor; neither one's available. So and I'm not going to be like, "Well, can you wait until they're available or like to time that right. fits me better?" So
0: yeah, yeah,
2: so they're in tears, you know. So I help with that, and so it's not, you know, and I certainly don't blame the kid. It's just the lack of resources, and mm-hmm. so there's no way the lab's going to happen. So I moved on and during one of my classes and this was, it was like this almost every day. It's just me in there. I'm supposed to have an assistant. So like a, some places call it like a para, but they get paid almost nothing and they don't have any, usually they don't have any background in education, although some do, which is great, but usually it's just somebody that's, you know, maybe thinking about teaching or thought it would be a good job, but they don't have any kind of training or background usually. And, the students I had in there, I, I had, I can't remember, it was somewhere around like eight to 10 that were somewhere on the autism spectrum. Uh, two were severe, like pretty severely, like, you know, they could, they can talk. Like there weren't any that couldn't talk, but they were, you know, one was EBD and on the spectrum. And he was like, he would always stash anything he could find. That might be like a weapon. He would stash it. Hmm. His, his background was just, the worst you could possibly imagine. Then I had another one that like, he would, again, he had a tough background, but he would try to like fill up the female students. And just like, I mean, just, they had to be watched, like con- like there was no taking your eyes off them. There were the, several other students that, you know, couldn't read or write. And so they, I always tried to help them with their warm up activity, but on days like this, it's really hard to get to it if somebody starts going off. And then I had a few that were on the spectrum, but they were really high functioning. But if they, sometimes they would set each other off because they were buddies, but they were in class together all day. And
1: Okay, let's back up for a second because <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm picturing this correctly. Okay. So in this class, okay, how many students were there all together in this class? So
2: there was probably about, I think there was about like 32, 33, 34, somewhere around there.
1: Okay, so somewhere in the low 30s of this group, Eight to 10 of them are either on the autism spectrum or EBD or have some sort of special ed designation and they,
0: they they have IEPs.
1: Well, it was eight to 10 that were
2: on the spectrum, but then there was a total of probably about 17 that had IEPs. Wow. Wow.
1: And that's yeah. And with this, your only assistance with this group was a para. One pair.
2: Yeah. And she would call in like by mid-year, it was every other day, at least. Um, I do think she was having some health problems, but, you know, that's that's on the school. I don't necessarily blame her, but Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So now I guess in these students' IEPs, it did not say that there needs to be a special ed teacher in the room because there's no special ed teacher in the room. you're not a special ed teacher, correct?
2: Correct. I am not.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: I don't have certification in that. And it's carefully worded for just the subject areas that were tested at the time. And at the time, my state was not testing for my subject. So,
1: yeah, actually, you know what? That's it's interesting because now that you mention it, when I taught fifth grade, I had students and, and I don't think it was as. Students that were as severe as some of these students sound, but they were in resource room for math and in resource room for language arts, but they were in gen ed classroom for science and social studies. Same that's, thing, not that's not how tested, it is here,
0: that's right? how it is here, too. But
1: yeah. and I would always say, well, for science and social studies, you do have to read things, you do have to follow instructions in a certain order you do like for science, there is math involved and even at, you know, a fifth grade level. So if you have trouble, if, if you have an IEP because you are having difficulty or you have challenges with reading, you are going to have those same challenges in science or social studies. It, it used to drive me insane. Okay. So you have now, let's go back to your crazy story because we are going to talk about all this about different resources and, and, right and lack of resources because it's it's something that impacts all of us but so you have now at this point you have this class you have 30 some odd kids in the class you have a bunch of kids on, on the spectrum you have kids that you have to scribe for okay and you're trying to teach everybody else at the same time yeah keep okay. them engaged and <laughs> <laughs> okay and you're not doing your lab that you wanted to do right okay so, all then- right great day great <laughs> Some of the
2: kids that, you know, need to be scribed for like they, and they're, they're passionate about their own learning, which I love mm-hmm. and, you know, but they get upset if I can't be there to scribe for them. And two of the kiddos that are, we're on the spectrum that very rarely, but sometimes if they get set off, it's going to be a big explosion, you know, that of course happens. And I don't think it's any kind of coincidence that it was just me that day and other things were happening. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I feel like the kids are just such victims in all of this. So then, you know, that we get through that class somehow, and it's tough. Luckily, my planning period's right after it. Okay. But of course, I don't get any kind of even time. Like, I go to the restroom because I'm going to go. But mm-hmm. I have a meeting, an ARC uh, for, it's a meeting you have for uh, to look at IEPs. <clears throat> and if you have to update anything about it, you have to have a formal meeting with the general ed teacher and the SPED teacher right. and the parents. and Yeah,
1: a chair we just call teacher. that an IEP meeting.
0: That's, yeah, okay. yeah.
2: That would be simple. I, the acronyms in education are just- <laughs> it's really true. It's,
0: it's really out of control. Yeah. It is.
2: <laughs> 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 so I'm while I'm peeing, I'm getting texts that are, you know, where are you? We've got this arc started. I'm like, can we no one do the math that like <laughs> I need wow. to pee? And but so that's my whole planning period. So there's no time to just like chill and not have somebody in your face. So then a couple classes later is my when I take the kids to lunch. You know, it's supposed to be a duty-free lunch, and by the time you walk your kids there and then have to pick them up on time, you know, your lunch is like maybe ten minutes. But it is—it is your ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But there's some kids in the lunchroom that come and talk to me, and they're like about to have a fight. Like they're telling me that there's going to be a fight, and like one kid that's supposed to be beat up is really upset, and so I'm looking for administrators. It's one of those days where like. Actually, this was quite common that you know two of the male administrators had gone off to some training they absolutely had to do. So the female administrators there oh. doing all lunch duty and everything and any emergencies. I'm sure that's why I couldn't get a hold of the counselor and psychologist because they were covering for that. And so I'm not just gonna walk away and be like, Well, you know, you'll be all right, you know. So <laughs> I had to help investigate and do all that. So I don't not only do I not get to eat, but it's very stressful. And then Following that, my next two class periods, they were really challenging behaviorally. It was it was a very tough year. It was a tough dynamic of kids. Mm-hmm. And even their parents were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these kids are together. Like we had two different teams and they just seemed to take all the tough ones and somehow got on our team. And
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Don't you wonder about that? Like, that, you know, you're teaching sixth grade. So unless all these kids have moved in from a different district and nobody knows anything about them, Every, and especially if it's not like a huge, huge district, everybody knows that, you know, Little Johnny and little Joey should not be in the same class. And you know, I would get some of these, you know, my class lists and I would have the teachers from the prior year take a look at them and they'd be like, oh, why are those two together? They were always in trouble last year. And I'd be like, because admin never looked at these lists. Like nobody looked at it and said, oh, we know these two shouldn't be together. It used to piss me off. Ah, you know, everything used to piss me off.
0: <laughs> that's something that my, my school does a very good job of. Like they send out like a Google form of like, hey, uh, take a look at your class list. And if you have uh, thoughts on who should not be together next year, oh. put their names here. And oh, we and, had that. Yeah.
1: But nobody listened to it.
0: Yeah. Like well,
1: it, it went into the fucking void. Like, yeah, we, I mean... t- we had to put notes on ever on all that stuff who shouldn't be together, who shouldn't be with particular teachers necessarily, yeah. because, you know, this kid's very introverted. And this teacher's going to eat them alive. Like you didn't say that, but you were just like, it would be better if they had a warmer, cozier teacher, you know, <laughs> um, whatever. But and then, uh, you know, I mean, I, I know that the person who is currently the administrator of the elementary school she actually does look at that stuff she looks at all the lists and she knows all the kids so she was very good that way but prior to that and certainly where I left no nobody ever looked at that even though we prepared it
2: it's crazy how like at the mercy like you're at such the mercy of having a good administrator like you know Mm -hmm. yeah
0: it
2: really needs to be set up where there's just procedures and mechanisms in place and like Yes, having a good administrator helps, but this place is just going to keep rolling no matter what, you know? I, right. Okay. So my last class of the day is supposed to come in. They're my hardest behaviorally. I'm on like my second or third, like new well-researched plan for how I need to do their discipline, you know, cause I keep trying different things and, it's,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but like they, they line, they're supposed to line up outside my classroom if I'm not there immediately to greet them. And of course, like, you know, I was, I usually try to be pretty good and you know, I'm a more seasoned teacher, uh, but I usually try to be pretty good about being in the hallway. Uh But of course, nobody's ever in the hallway, even though there's plenty of seasoned teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the kids that are lined up in my worst class, they start beating each other up in the hallway. So, yeah. So they, they come in after that's dealt with and it, I end up in the middle of the class just being like, okay, we're all just going to take a time out. I heard that the music teacher did this, and I was like, ooh, okay. And she just, like, you turn off the lights. Everybody mm-hmm. has to put their head down. Of course, there's a couple. I not want my head down. I'm like, put your head
1: down, <laughs> <laughs> down now. Like, not a <laughs> choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> put <"Pitch> your <laughs> fucking head down and relax. <laughs> so I
2: don't, like, curse one of them out, you know? Like, it's really, not <laughs> why we're doing it. Then, you know, like end of the day, last kid finally leaves. I sit down. I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't eaten. I haven't had a sip of water all day. I'm that sweaty, you know, like that you get. But I've got to run off to a team leader meeting. And it's (laughs) different schools call it different things.
0: As a fellow team leader, I I know your pain. (laughs) And
2: a former team leader. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did you all have stipends? Like, I mean, it was a crappy stipend, but. Oh, I really? did. No. Okay. Nope. okay. Nope. And here, here's my question <laughs> for
1: you, Mrs. D. Do you have a union?
2: It's not really a union like it would be like in the East where you are. It's, you know, the Educator Association for my state. And they're quite helpful. We have to pay to be part of it. But, you know, it's it's very helpful protection, but it's not going to be for anything like that.
1: Okay. Because like when we when our contracts are negotiated, there's a schedule... Of all the different stipended positions and how much they're going to get if they're going to get a raise for the next contract, whatever. And the team leader positions are are nicely stipended. Actually, I mean it was it was decent decent bank. Good so. as they should be. Hmm. As yeah, they absolutely should be. Absolutely. I don't. I wouldn't do it without the pay. Yeah, but you did. <laughs> you do. So yeah, go on.
0: Yeah. The team lead position for me isn't that big of a deal. Basically, I, I facilitate meetings, I write the agenda, I um, I go to a leadership meeting once a month. Um, so it's it's not it's not a ton of extra work. It's it's all th- all all said and done. It's it's probably a couple of extra hours a month. I mean, it's it's not. And that's. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that.
2: Okay, well that's. I mean that that sounds appropriate. Um and. Again, you should still have a stipend for it, but I agree. <laughs> uh, absolutely, for sure. <laughs> this year, like it was my first year being the team lead, and the the teacher who had been the team leader before me had gone to a whole different district. Now they ended up being a really great, helpful resource to me because it for at my school the way it was up until very recently, it was a lot of extra work, a lot,
0: mm.
1: and
2: I didn't even really even know what I was getting into. So back to the day. I go to this team leader meeting. It's from 3.30 to 5.30. Wow.
0: Holy shit.
2: Yeah. And it's, <laughs> Wow. I mean, there's no like end time. And my my principal who leads this, he, he likes to emphasize that. Like, we'll just stay as long as we need to. And it's that we never get anything accomplished. It is a complete bitch fest. Man. And he'll have like a loose agenda, but like mostly it just seemed like it was for him to like another place for him to like get attention and be the center stage.
0: Man, two hours and, and no, like no end in sight, no hard agenda. That's crazy.
2: It was, I mean, it was so infuriating and I wish I could go back in time and be like, yeah, I'm out. Like I'm not doing this. It took me some time, but I'm not a team leader anymore, but. I can't blame you. I mean, that's a lot of extra work. It was just silly. And you know, for, if we were actually doing something useful, like maybe like, But like it was just griping, and and then I would be like, okay, so let's let's make a plan, and let's you know vote on what we should do about it. Like, no, let's just sit here and cry. Okay, what is the point of this? But anyways, that was that day, you know. And so I at the time I've got a baby, a new baby. So like, and he goes to bed at at that time. He went to bed at six thirty. Like he was out at six thirty. So by the time I drive home, like I don't even see him.
1: Oh, that's I mean that is just that's a really bad day. Yeah. Now. Would you say like, okay, I mean, that was a day where pretty much almost everything went wrong. Okay. But how many, like, do you think 20% of the time, 40% of the time you have days where you just come home and like, oh my God, that was awful. Like, so that, what what do you think that year
2: um, it was, I would say like, probably about like 30 to 40% of the time.
1: And it was, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a lot. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Now, going back to what we started to get into before with the whole special ed situation and and resources and all of that, so just 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 from my own experience first, and then we'll you know go into yours like I know when I had students who were special ed students and they were not being you know there was not a special ed teacher in the room, let's say, you know, I was obviously responsible but I also was responsible for any accommodations, any modifications of their work in terms of the students you have, like, do you modify everything for them? Is that your responsibility? Is that, does someone help you with that? How does that work for you? So it's technically the case,
2: you know, the case manager, the special ed teacher they're assigned to their case load that year. It's their Mm -hmm. responsibility to modify for every subject. And it's, That's ludicrous. Um, But of course, legally, we are also, if it's not getting modified, we are also responsible. But maybe it was the districts I was in, I'm not sure. But you know, they were expected to. But of course, that's absolutely unrealistic. So I, I always modify my stuff. Now, to be honest, like, am I able to modify every assignment? Based on every single kid's individual IEP, when you have 17 kids in there with mm, no different IEPs, like, yeah. no, that's silly. Uh, so, you know, I would do some kind of general things that, like, okay, this kid needs this, and it would be more like this is going
1: to kind of be for everybody who has an IEP, like, this will be, yeah, I would, do. oh, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, that that's pretty much what I had to do too,
0: yeah, and and I've I've kind of come to learn that a lot of the things that we do for special ed students a lot of the things that we do for ESL students that's just solid teaching anyway so when mm-hmm. when you do these things for the whole group everybody benefits from it and so you're 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 basically accommodating everyone and mm-hmm. and you know some kids are going to have some very specific things that they need and if that's the case then then yeah we'll we'll do that for those kids but and in, in my experience usually when you when you hit those differentiation techniques like you're you're benefiting everybody and you're 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 typically following through on on all the accommodations
1: right but if if you're teaching as Mrs. D was teaching a, a class where you know yeah. eight yeah. Oh, but yeah the kids are on the spectrum and those behavior issues and
0: that's a yeah
1: that's a whole and scribing i mean that's that to not have you know, honestly, that's, there should be probably at least two paras in there with you, and they should have some, some training. And I'm not saying that where I am, that they're trained either. And some of them are wonderful. I actually started my career in education as a para.
0: Oh, I I should also say for the last three years, I've also had a special ed co-teacher in the room with me. Like I I co-teach. So that makes a huge difference because she can accommodate them in the moment because right? she knows their needs better than I do. So
1: can we all agree? It's ridiculous that it's divided by tested subject and not tested subjects. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. How much that guides everything. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that the student doesn't suddenly not need assistance because they're not in a tested subject. Like that's just that's so blatantly wrong like if you step back and look at that like oh we don't care if you learn anything else as long as you learn for your test and that's it's very up. It, it even goes against the research because like a lot of
2: kids if you know they're not interested in math or language arts like the main tested areas like they might actually be really interested in science And they can learn reading skills and writing skills in science that they can carry over to the test. Like research has shown that.
1: I mean, how many times have they, they talked about teaching across the curriculum? So, you know, you're supposed to be teaching language arts and writing throughout, you know, I had to have writing in my math class. That's like saying to kids like, okay, we're going to let you wear glasses in math and in language arts. And then we're going to take your glasses off your face for science and social studies.
0: And Mrs. D, that that is such a fantastic point because you have some kids that don't enjoy math or don't enjoy language arts, and then they end mm-hmm. up spending, because some, some kids are in their mainstream math class, then a resource math class, then their ELD class, and then a reading support class. Like they lose their electives to be put into these support classes. So they end up wow. spending more than half of their day in these classes that they don't enjoy. They struggle with. And and it's like. That's they, such they, a good
2: point. Like it, they're, they're burned out. So yes, like when you, yeah. you know, yes. they get
1: to the core content and stuff, they're just like, I don't. Okay. So now let me ask you something, Mrs. D. So you said you had generally in those situations, you had one para. She wasn't trained, which m- most of them are not trained in any way. I mean, is this how it is in general in the schools you've taught in or is this something no this is I think this is definitely the little town
2: little district that I'm in Um, okay and because I taught in a neighboring town it's a larger town in a it's a separate county but it's you know same area of the state it was a much wealthier district and so you know like I would even have if a kid was far enough, you know, severely autistic, actually any autistic kid I had anybody that was on the spectrum at all. And some of them, I felt like didn't even need it. They would have another adult with them. So if they needed breaks or whatever, and a lot of times the adult would just kind of be bored a little bit. I mean, and and if I had any EBD kids, like they definitely had an adult with them, you know, uh, 20, that just went with them and that was their whole job. And they knew that kid really well and they would work on making a relationship with them. Cause I'm just picturing the one kid I talked about that would stash the, anything they could find to make a weapon, you know, right. I, I love that kid and just knowing his story, you know, like I know why he is what he is and he needs those resources. He needs that help. Yeah. You know, he, I had, mean, I, he had reasons he needed the weapons. So, <laughs> um,
1: As I, I had mentioned, you know, I, I started out as a, as a para, and, and I started out in an autistic preschool program and then I moved on to being a, uh, Personal aid actually for two students who were in the mainstream but were on the spectrum. And you do, you develop a relationship with these kids and you learn them so well that you can catch things before they escalate if they have yes. particular behaviors. So it makes for a better day for them. It makes for a better day for their classmates and for and for you, like, you know, but and I had two of them at a time, and that was considered unusual. Usually it was, you know, a personal aid, but they felt that as long as as long as long it worked, they were going to keep it that way. But, you know, that's also in a district where there were enough resources for that. It's just mind-blowing that you could have a class like that and and have one person to help you out. And if they're not there, you know, nobody's subbing for that.
2: Yeah, they're... They're not. And, you know, would, would admin come and check on me? You know, no. Of course not. So I got kind of, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's just going to sit there. It was, it was crazy class. And I felt like it was such a disservice to every kid in there. You know, Mm -hmm. there was constant disruptions and we didn't get anywhere. So I started seeking my own resources and I found uh, one of the, like they were they're one of the best like child psychologists. Like they worked with the kids from Waco and they've had this like amazing career and they have an Institute that was in a neighboring state, but it was really close to us. And I just kind of contacted them just like for some advice and they were like, Hey, you know, we actually have free consultants we send out to schools and, and we'll just kind of teach you guys strategies because like some of the things I had read, like I had read one of their books, and I was surprised by some of the suggested strategies. And I was like, well, I'll try it. But because it went totally against my instincts of what this kid, you know, needed. Mm-hmm. And it worked so well. And I was like, okay, I do not have the instincts for this. I need some <laughs> professional strategies. I contacted every psychologist in my district and they were all like, oh, we don't know anything about that type of diagnosis. And like, didn't even want to give any suggestions. It was like,
0: could, so could you great. give, could you give an example yeah, of, some give us one of the an things example. that they suggested?
2: Um, oh, okay. So the suggestion was to like, they needed love. They needed a hug. Like, if they were like stashing weapons or like screaming out something wildly inappropriate constantly, like, you know, don't do the heavy handed, like, this is structured type. Give them a hug. Like, it's, and it's so weird because they should be in trouble, but like, give them a hug. And I don't know, because they were so like, their behavior was so like not ask, asking for that, but it was, it worked so well. Wow. I don't know, like and I guess like looking back and now that I've kind of been doing a lot more trauma research and it it makes sense now, but at the time I was like, What? So
0: well, and it's a risky move too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like a, that's a risky like, especially for me. I'm I'm a big bearded man. I, I can't just hug any kid I want.
1: Aww, you're a teddy bear. Well, I
0: am, I know I am, but <laughs> like some kids are just like, No. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> Away from me. Yeah. like It's a risky thing to just try to do. And and if it doesn't go over well,
1: you you could
0: be in trouble. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, when you think about it, it makes sense because all of these things they're doing are like cries for help and attention and affection. But you're right. It's not what you're taught is, well, there's going to be a consequence to your behavior. And- if it doesn't work, well, we're going to escalate the consequence, but
2: yeah. You know. But for the kids like that, I mean, that it means nothing to them. It yeah. doesn't matter. You know, like they just, yeah. if they've got that bad of a background, I do want to clarify. I did not just run up and be like, you know, like real quick. I'm like, I would, <laughs> I would be like, you know, there would be some kind of preface to it, but uh, like me asking, you know, is this okay? And, but it was just insane. Like it was like a, Day and night, immediate difference with one little hug. Like, it was insane. Wow. And
1: so did, I, the, <laughs> did these consultants come out to your school? Well, <laughs> I would love to have said they did.
2: But, you know, and they seemed to kind of predict this, which I, did, I, I w- was surprised in the email. But they're like, I started setting up a time with them. And they're like, well, you know, definitely double check with your admin. I was like, of course. But, you know, and but they were like, yeah, just go ahead and set that up first before we schedule it. And I, I brought it up multiple times just to like completely deaf ears. And I was just so astounded because it's free. Like it's helpful. Like I don't understand. And I still don't really understand like what politic bullshit made them <laughs> not want them to come. I have, I still don't understand it.
0: You know, I, I, I think I can, well, I don't understand it, but I think I can understand why they would do that, why they wouldn't be interested And I think it relates to their public image, right? Like my district a year ago, two years ago, they sent out this like district-wide email about teachers setting up like GoFundMe accounts for for their classroom. They were asking for things for their classrooms and the district didn't like that because it projected this image that the district wasn't providing the things that the teachers needed in their classrooms, or at least that's kind of how I perceived it. But they they sent out this email asking teachers not to do that. And if they needed supplies, they should ask their building administrators to supply these things. And right. it's like, well, okay, great. But Sometimes these things move really slowly. <laughs> sometimes we need things faster than the pace that our admin moves at sometimes. Like, I put in a work order for my classroom uh, the, in the first week of school and have not heard fucking shit about it since. So, like, yeah, sometimes you need some outside help. But they don't, they don't, they don't like that. They don't like that image that that puts out so I I think that's part of it is like, they don't want to be seen as in need of help.
1: You know, that's a good point because the school, when I taught in elementary school, our district was, or our school was considered a, what was called a focus school, which meant basically there was too large a gap between our lowest test score and our highest test score. And so the state came in and was supposed to help us bridge that gap. And particularly the person who was involved on the math side, she was great. Like I went to workshops of hers and stuff and she was just really wonderful at explaining how to do this and how the state looks at things and how the tests are derived, which is really helpful, you know, to know, well, why did they ask that kind of question and not that kind of question? Anyway. So I went to my principal and I said, you know, I would love to have this person come in and like critique my teaching. And and he was just furious with me. He was just like, no, we're not going to have them come in. And I'm like, why not? That's part of this, that they work with us to get out of this focus school situation. And it was exactly what you said, Mr. E. He didn't want to admit we needed that help. Well. Obviously, we need that help because we've been designated a school that needs help. So but we're not going to take advantage of the help that they're going to give us. It was. And, you know, in the end, and I never admitted this before, but here I am publicly. I was in touch with this woman on the side all the time, getting suggestions and stuff because she had the right ideas. And I would pass. I was team leader. I would pass it along to my team. And we all did pretty great on our tests that year, actually. So I circumvented him. But the point is, he didn't want to admit that we needed their help. Such BS.
0: Uh, once again, proving that it's better to ask permission or uh, forgiveness than permission.
1: So true. Like if you had done that
2: without asking, <laughs> like they probably would never have even known. And, or and mm-hmm. if they did find out, you'd be like, oh, I had no idea that because why? on Like most of admins, I think, would actually like that. Who knows?
1: I can't predict these people.
0: That's also true, yeah yeah
1: so so just going back to um resources and and again and and all of this, now, I know when you and I talked, we were talking about you know mostly special ed whatever, but I think I also brought up e l l or e s l and that situation and i I'm always honestly appalled at my previous district because. I just read recently that 50% of the students in well, 50% of the households in the town in which I taught do not speak English at home. So half. And students in our schools would come in, a lot of them were coming, you know, directly from Honduras, from Mexico, Dominican Republic, and did not speak or, or also from Brazil and from Portugal, because we had a very large Portuguese population, and did not speak a word of English. And we had no assistance with this at all. We had a, a ESL teacher. They had, so these kids would take, instead of language arts, they would go to ESL. But that was it. So two periods a day. They were not taught content in their native language. I did not have an ESL or a bilingual teacher in the classroom with me. Our paras were not hired with that in mind. So we didn't hire paras that could speak Portuguese or Spanish. These kids would sit in my classroom and they would say, you know, admin would say, Oh, it's math. Math is universal. And it's, it's not when you're doing word yeah, problems.
0: Not when you don't understand English. Right. <laughs> like, <you> know, what?
1: <laughs> I mean, I just recently came across like a lot of my old materials from when I was, you know, like things that I made up. So if you're listening from my old district, I stole nothing but my stuff. And then the Spanish and Portuguese translations of my stuff that I got through Google Translate or different um, different websites to translate it for these kids who were miserable in my class and in other classes too because they didn't understand what was going on. And there was maybe one. There was one ESL teacher, and it was a revolving door of ESL teachers too.
0: Oh, and uh, that's an impossible job if you're the only one in the building who's who's responsible for. All oh, of those kids?
1: Oh, the only one in the building responsible for for these kids in terms of their learning English. Wow. And these kids are in, in the rest of the day are, you know, speaking in their native language or whatever, or spacing out because they're listening to a teacher who's literally Charlie Brown's teacher at that point. So even though like our special ed picture looked a lot more together, our ELL situation is similar to your special ed story there it's it's amazing it's it's disgusting it's 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 just an awful way to treat people to treat children and what they would say, you know you'd say like well what am i going to do and they'd say oh there are other kids in the class that speak portuguese or speak spanish that can help but how fair is it to those kids their job becomes translating it's terrible so that's another aspect of the whole uh, lack of resources. So, what what's it like in your district, Mr. E? With
0: yeah, so I'm 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 in Arkansas, and we actually this this surprises people when I when I tell them, but our numbers are are kind of similar. Um, we we have about a forty percent non-white Hispanic population in, in my school. The this this kind of general area of of Arkansas has a similar like Spanish speaking population, but our district does a fantastic like we have a whole separate department in our admin office for ELD. We have, I mean my school alone has four different ESOL teachers.
1: Wow, that's great. They've
0: they've put a lot of effort and funding in we have a specific class called Newcomers where these are kids who don't speak a lick of English, and within a year, they are starting to move into the ESOL program. And like when those kids come to, by the time they get to me, they're writing at at least a fourth grade level. So they're 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 moving them along like really fast.
1: That's and great, it's, though.
0: It is. It's it's fantastic. The amount of work that they do, the amount of community outreach. Um, we also have a very large Marshallese population. Interesting. Yeah, it's 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 it is, and it's it's one of the one of the biggest Marshallese communities in in the United States. They have community representatives for for that population, and they do an amazing job.
1: Wow! For the first time since we started this, Arkansas one, New Jersey zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, that's great. I, you know, yeah. cause yeah. it's, uh, it's appalling. Okay. I think we're going to have to, we could do this all night, but I think we're going to have to move this, move this along. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Mrs. D for your, your story, but you're not off the hook yet because as a listener, you know that it is time for pop quits. Mm-hmm. And so here we go, Mr. E, why don't you go first?
0: All right. I believe everybody has one of these. I have one of these. What is your bad teacher habit?
2: Um, At this point, I think because I've taught for 10 years, it is walking in like unprepared with what I'm going to do for the day. (laughs) 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 I never, ever used to do that, but last few years and I can get away with it and we still do something really great, meaningful. So most of the time.
0: Yeah, I've I've done that more than I care to admit, for sure. Let's see. I I think mine was I used to have well, I I guess I still do cuz I I did something to fix it this year. Um I had the worst habit of just calling on the first kid who raised their hand every time, and it it was just the worst. And so this year I did the whole popsicle stick thing and it's like it's been life-changing. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was my bad teacher habit, and I'm taking steps to to correct it this year.
1: Actually, my, mine was inappropriate wait time. I kinda, oh yeah, you know how you have to you know wait until I. I the silence killed me, <laughs> but, but I became conscious of it and I, and I fixed it for the most part. I mean, there were still those times I was like, all right, nobody's going to answer this. So. It's but. hard
0: because it's, it, it goes against your instinct, right? Like you you, yeah. you want to keep things moving.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, you're
2: essentially a performer and it feels like, oh, you know, this is performance is going badly, but
0: I'm bombing, exactly. I'm bombing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got to say something here. Yeah, it, it's a hard one. Like, I actually had to, like, count it out on my fingers, like, you know, sort of like behind my back or whatever. But I got used to that silence. OK, well, now it is time for my question. And Mr. E, I actually changed my question to what I indicated. So if you think you know what the question is, you are not correct. Okay, here is my question. If you went out for drinks with your admin and they drank so much that you knew that whatever you said to them or asked them, they would not remember the next day what you asked them or said to them, what would you say? What a great question, right?
0: Holy shit. (laughs) Um
1: question was
2: Scotty approved that's a really great question Mm
0: -hmm.
1: there's so much I want to say (laughs) I know I know I I I was doing this for like 15 minutes like coming up with stuff um mine would be pandemic related uh
2: it would be you know when it comes clear to you that some of your teachers don't follow your same politics and agree with it you're definitely uh pushing us out aren't you like it would be some kind of confirmation of that. Okay,
1: okay, that's a good one. All right, Mr. E, what do you, what do you have?
0: Um, I don't give a shit about standardized testing.
1: Oh, I I've, I've said that when they knew they'd remember.
0: What yeah, they I said. mean, well, and, and I think <laughs> I, I I think I've spent maybe a whole five minutes giving a shit about how well my students perform on mm-hmm. ACT Aspire. I just I don't fucking care. Yeah. It's like, it's meaningless to me.
2: If you go back to the research too, like when you don't give a fuck, like, and you're just focused on actually like teaching and what you think are best practices and you're not tailoring to the test and playing the game as much as other people, your students, a lot of times will perform better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I, I, I've told myself that last year and this year I am focused on providing a stress-free environment for my students. Mm -hmm. And if I can do that, I feel like I've done my job. We're still yeah. going lear- to learn some shit. We're still going to have some fun doing it, but I'm not, I'm not worried about deadlines. Turn it in whenever you want. I don't care.
2: It's
1: about it's, mental health. Like, oh my yes, God. Especially yes. now. Well, if I decided after coming up with many answers, many of which were completely inappropriate, even for this podcast, <laughs> that if I, if I was to say something to Bro Suit and he would not remember it, I would look at him, look him right in the eye and say, come on, I've worked, I worked for you for two years. Admit that you do not know my name. Oh, shit. <laughs>
0: Are you serious?
1: Um. You know, maybe by the end, but, like, we had evidence that he didn't know people's names because there were, like, two tall, blonde female teachers in our building, one of whom taught math and one of whom taught science. And he would literally say things to one of them that was clearly meant for the other one and would be like, oh, he's telling you that because he thinks you're so-and-so. Yeah.
0: Oh, he, shit.
1: Yeah, he... Uh, <laughs>
0: That's a really bad look.
1: Yeah, I, it is bad look. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing him at the retirement dinner that I may not be invited to even though it honors me. Who knows? Hey.
0: You should you should tell him about the podcast.
1: Oh, I I think he might know about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I I think he might know because occasionally he follows me on Twitter and I almost never tweet personally on Twitter. But when we had that article written about us, oh, I tweeted that out there. So nice. and, a, and a couple <laughs> of times I have so that if he ever looks and he tweets at all, every day. So he does look at Twitter. So he might have seen that. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Should be interesting. OK, again, we need questions for a pop quiz. Where are you people? Come on. Questions for a pop quiz. Let's go. We need them desperately.
0: You know, for a small stipend, I might be persuaded to write some think questions. Oh, you uh, know what? You are not a
1: stipended individual, so forget (laughs) it. Forget about that.
0: I'll have your people talk to my people. Yeah. You
1: know know who my people are, and uh, yeah. (laughs) My people got a a raise over their zero. You know, they're they're making twice as much, and they make two times zero now. Okay. (laughs) Again, Mrs. D, thank you so much for coming on. It was yes. great to finally be able to, to have you here and just keep racking up those stories because, you know, we, we encourage return visits. So, Thank you guys go. so much. It was um, really fun. Thank you. I'm, glad you. I'm glad you could be here. All right. Here we go. A quick shout out to Josie Hartson from Short Quest Long Rest for doing our intro.
0: And thank you again to Mrs. E for our artwork and to Scotty for making the audio magic happen. And of course, thanks to all of you for listening. We appreciate you so much. Please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please spread the word.
1: You can find us on social media on Facebook at Will This Be On The Test Teacher Pod, on Instagram at WT. B-O-T-T cast or will this be on the test teacher pod at our website? Will this be on the test teacher pod.podbean.com or you can email us at W-T-B-O-T-T cast at gmail.com.
0: You can also find us on Twitter at wtbottcast. cast. You can join our subreddit at our backslash W-T-B-O-T-T underscore teacher underscore pod. And you can also find us on YouTube now, just search for WTBOTT channel and that'll get you there. And, uh, oh, one more thing. I was approved for student loan forgiveness this Yay!
1: week. Yay, congratulations, yeah,
0: yeah. all yeah, right, you, so. Yeah, you, know, I, you know what's shitty? Well, they, they, they only give English teachers five grand off. For math and science teachers, it's like 12,000.
1: Wow. Which makes no, it really makes no sense. It's,
0: I know. Anyway. Well,
1: I don't know. I could being a math teacher, I yeah, kind yeah,
0: of... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, okay. So all of you have heard that. So therefore, if you run into Mister E in a bar, he is buying. Okay. Oh no, 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 no! I still
0: have plenty of debt left. <laughs> we're we're good there.
1: Uh, um.
0: Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Stay safe.
1: And please remember to breathe.